You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is your Sci-Fi 5. Five minutes of science fiction history for August 1st. Driving through the abandoned streets of downtown Los Angeles, Colonel Robert Neville sees motion in a window. Stopping his convertible, he fires a dozen rounds from a submachine gun into the building before resuming his quest for something. He talks to himself and the occasional corpse as he returns to his fortress-like townhouse only to be attacked by robed and hooded figures. As the sun fully sets, he fires up a generator, and dozens of high-powered floodlights mounted across the building ignite, and the robed figures scurry like roaches to get out of the light. Thus begins The Omega Man, starring legendary actor Charlton Heston. Released on August 1st, 1971, it was the second film adaptation of the novel I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. The first, 1964's The Last Man on Earth, starring Vincent Price, was significantly more true to Matheson's book. A third adaptation would appear in 2007 with Will Smith as the lead, this time using the original book title, but still falling short of a faithful rendition. In all versions of the story, our main character is a scientist, who believes himself to be the survivor of a biological warfare agent that has killed billions, leaving a few humans who have been fundamentally changed by the bacillus. Named Robert Neville in the book, he keeps that name in all but the 1964 version. Neville spends his days hunting these creatures while conducting research on a possible cure. At night, the infected torment him with screams, attacks on his defenses, and the occasional attempts to kill him. In the end, Neville dies, but the story of how he gets to that end is quite different across the various iterations. The book's title was its final message, that Neville, as the sole surviving uninfected human, had become a legend to the infected. He haunted their days and killed them in their sleep, becoming the boogeyman to this new form of humanity that arose from the ashes. None of the film versions managed to retain this core message, except for the original ending of the 2007 version, which was ultimately changed by the studio. In 1971's The Omega Man, there isn't even a hope that the family will ever become some new form of mankind, as the story makes it clear that they are all doomed to die from the infection they carry. Another major difference from the source material in The Omega Man is the motivations of the infected. In the source, they have turned into, evolved into, a new form of life. In The Omega Man, newscaster turned cult leader Matthias simply wants all the technology of his own former civilization to be destroyed. The infected are still intelligent, still capable of reason, even still capable of planning and using tools, but Matthias has chosen a decidedly Luddite lifestyle for them, and he punishes his own people for using technology, as much as he wants Neville to be an example to them of the evils of their former way of life. Although The Omega Man used a beloved and frequently rehashed science fiction story as its base, it didn't live up to the premise and promise of its source material. Instead, it attempted to use current events as a vehicle for narrative and conversation. Even with the significant contributions of an actor like Charlton Heston, moving the narrative away from Matheson's original intent makes for a dated and ultimately unsatisfying story about the dangers of technology and the futility of trying to save the world. When Neville, in this version, meets other survivors and learns that he's their legend, the infected are all doomed no matter what he does. 
His death as a Christ-like sacrifice underscores this, and the infected are never considered as a new form of mankind, something the book tried to convey. The Omega Man is an excellent commentary on the dangers of technology and war, but it falls short of the story Matheson was trying to tell. Still, watching Charlton Heston chew scenery and be the hero never really gets old. There's a reason this is a time-honored cult classic, and at the end of the day, a cult classic that is all about a cult. We're still waiting for a faithful big-screen version of this amazing story, and surely there will be another. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for August 1st. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry Podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.